to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. I'm Hardy White. Join me now, won't you, as we have a conversation together that may seem a little one-sided, but I assure you it is many-sided, like a platonic solid or one of those dies that you use to play Dungeons and Dragons. I hope that you roll the highest thing you can for luck and charisma and joy and peace of heart. Oh, you rolled a seven. Lucky seven piece of heart. Oh, it's so good to be with you. I imagine that those old radio shows, the one where someone just talks for a long time, that they used to say, and I'm not sure this is true, I'm sitting here at my desk and I have so many letters here that I've received. I don't really know whether they broadcast from their desk, but I'd like to think they were sitting in a sort of office and the radio thing was kind of an afterthought the way it is with me. And it wasn't really a radio studio, but I don't know because the imagination soars when there's not enough information. I love it. That's why I like that there's no pictures in radio because you can fill it in with nonsense. Oh, it's wonderful. It's like a punching bag. You know, did you ever order a punching bag? And a lot of times you can get it empty. And they say, well, what do I, what do I put in it now that I have this empty punching bag? And they say, well, be creative. And I used ripped up clothes one time. And I ended up having to rip up all my good clothes. So just to punch them. Isn't that crazy? No, I didn't. I had a lot. I should have been taking them to be recycled. And instead, I stuffed them in a big leather bag and started hitting them. That's so telling. I didn't realize it was until right now. But I'm going to, hey, I hope I'm not stuffing you into a, a bag and then, and then hitting you. I'm not. We're making this bag together. I have a, a vivid imagination. So that's why I'm saying I don't know whether I'm making up the people sitting at their desks doing that or not. Don't know. And I've been to radio stations since. Isn't that something? But it, I refuse to have it demystified for me. I just don't like things filled in. So would you like to see a, a backstage or would you like to see how that magic trick is done? Yes. That's a contradiction. I know. Well, no. Okay, then not really. There you go. Now I'm consistent. But I do like to be I do like to be fooled a lot of times, and that's good because I'm constantly fooled and fooling myself, so it's good that I enjoy it. That's a nice thing. If if you were born to be deceived, first you'd like to I'll work on that and it'll be rhyme and it'll be on my headstone. Today my desk is covered with letters that say, Hey, I have questions, Hardy. Now you say, Well, why imagine it? Why not really solicit letters from people? Well, I'm afraid they would get here too late. Some of them would be timely and evergreen, and they would say things like, how do I live a more fulfilling life? But some of them, it might be too late. It might say like, red or blue wire, Hardy, which do I cut? By then, it's too late. I get back to you, and I might not even use it that we're saving this one for the anniversary show, and then you're doomed. So I like to make it up. I can sort of guess what's going on, I'll anticipate the situation you're in and then answer your question preemptively. That was just a little, I don't know why I made that sound. Sometimes there's not a word there that I want. There's just a sound. I was speaking to a friend the other day about those videos of little children who have learned the cadence and the rhythm of a language before they've learned the actual words. Have you ever seen one of these? So the child be on there going, I said, I've got diamonds. Like that. And I love that because I think that is a key to something. What is it? Well, it's, it means that a lot of the meaning in, a, in language can be just the tone and, and the words don't necessarily matter. I know that from going to school because I'm thinking, I love the way that professor talks, but I don't know the words. They're all sort of meaningless to you. And you go, oh, come on, you're not that dumb. And I go, no, I'm talking about my German professor. So, yes, I didn't know what the words meant. I came to learn what some of them meant. 
The only thing that stuck in German, and I'm not going to lie to you, is the, is the, pre, the kind of preamble of the, of the Nina song about the balloons. Everything else is gone. I wish I could have a conversation with people in other cultures. Hello, can now I can with the computers because they translate for you. And now that the AI has taken over, imagine how accurate that will be. You'll pit one another. It's going to be a terrible thing. It'll be awful misunderstandings and uh, on purpose. That'll be orchestrated by... And we didn't see it coming that the, the robots would be invisible. Everybody thought, oh, there's going to be robots. We'll shoot them. What if they're invisible? Huh? What if they're just in stuff? That would be terrible. And, uh, and that's reality. And I'm thinking... I shouldn't have hooked my toaster up to the internet, which you do now. Like, that was unthinkable years ago. Why would I? The, our appliances will never turn on us because how could you possibly hook your refrigerator up to the internet? Reality. Now it's a reality. What do the letters on my desk say? Well, I'll tell you what they say. They say, hey, it's Easter and Passover. Or it was recently. Now I can't use this show. It's so dated. No, but it will be again. That's the thing about holidays like that, especially ones that are based on the lunar calendar. And lunar comes from lunatic. And so all the lunatics that came up with organized religion said, let's put these, let's make the holiday will be like seven days after the moon, full moon. Okay, what full moon? The one, the third one. So I think they just made stuff like that up. And eventually they go, let's just put it on a, a date and the date will change all the time. We don't care what the moon looks like. But then a lot of the photographs weren't as nice. So, oh, it used to be that when we'd get together for a certain holiday, like St. Pippi's or something, St. Pippi's Day would always have a full moon. And now that they've switched to the solar calendar, who knows what it's going to look like on St. Pippi's. Here's my letters. Oh, I've got memories. Easter and Passover memories for you. Are they all mine? Well, no, that would be dumb. How boring that would be. Can you imagine that? Say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch The Mandalorian, but it's just going to be the personal experiences of John Favreau and not really the real-life story of a spaceman. So I'm going to try to give you the real-life story of a spaceman or really just the Easter memories. Some are true, some are not. I was forced at age I'm going to say six or seven, to take my bike, my beloved bike, and trick it out with crepe paper and other things, playing cards, clothes pinned to the spokes to make a tick 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 but and balloons, balloons. And this was for an Easter thing. So my mother said, you're going to be in this Easter bike parade. You met you. I'm going to say mess up. Yes, you mess up your bike with all these garish decorations. And my family, when my family heard decorations, all they heard was a crate streamers, balloons, nothing else, nothing else was in there. So anything, that's all they would, you know, if you couldn't get it at the card store or something, it wasn't a decoration. So that was as creative as my family was going to be, right? It wasn't going to, my bike wasn't going to come out looking like a, a robotic bunny or something. It was just going to get balloons and streamers uh, scotch-taped to it. That's it. Now, the thing I objected to most are the Easter colors, which if you know are like purple and pink and all those things. Why? Why this? And yellow. Now, what do all those things have in common? What is their symbolism? They are the color of a bruise on the skin, a mark of violence. They are subdural hematoma colors. So you say, oh, all the beautiful rainbow of bruise is going to be on your bike. That's my understanding. It might be wrong. They might symbolize other things. But, and bunnies, too. Rabbits. But pets are meat, right? One of the few. Like, you know, you know, don't even eat goldfish. People eat rabbit all the time. I don't know if you've uh, seen the movie The Ruling Class. Uh, is it called The Ruling Class? Yes. It's The Ruling Class. Uh, by Jean Renoir, and there's, I think they murder rabbits on the, I'm just letting you know, don't watch it. You just said watch it. I didn't, I don't think I said that, but if you do, heads up, I think they're for real hunting rabbits, and that's implied on uh, 
the Bugs Bunny. That the one, uh, Elmer Fudd, I love the name. That's a real surname. I knew some Fudds, was trying to hunt the rabbit, was not successful because the rabbit was sentient and, and intelligent and from the Bronx, which is weird. Uh, so there was, uh, there was that. And uh, when I saw this movie, The Ruling Class, which is much earlier than Bugs Bunny, I think predates it a little bit. But, and Jean Renoir had something to do with the early Bugs Bunny. I believe he might have produced some of them. Like when they changed Popeyes, you know, and, and Gene, Gene Deitch did like the, the, the new Popeye called him his friend Blutus or Blongo or something. Everything changes. And I think in the future things will change, you know, and they won't be the same. And so maybe Easter isn't the same as when it started out or Passover, you know. I mean, those things came later. You think, oh, Moses wouldn't even recognize your Seder. So what is, oh, what is this? I don't think Moses talked like that. Who knows what he talked like? Well, historians might. They might. Or they mightn't. I don't know. Pharaoh, uh, I can imagine if it was like a, a cartoon how they talked. They would talk in a handful of cartoon voices that I can do in my head. So I imagine it would be like a, you know, Pharaoh would be, you know, you cannot go or something. Maybe a Jerry Lewis thing. That seems oppressive. You have to stay here. That's more like Paul Freeze doing, if you're a fan of voices... Oh, my goodness. I love that. You know that. I'm a fan of voice characterization, too. I'm not saying I'm good at it. My word. You can be a fan of something without being able to play it. Tell that to blues fans, though. Please don't. Just like it from a distance. Here's another thing. So, uh, oh, are you still with me? Have you wandered off? Come on back. We're talking about Easter and Passover, and we won't pass over you. Oh, my goodness. That, but that literally is what the holiday means, too, is to pass over all sorts of... If you like stories that have people smearing blood, that's a goodie. It has lots of curses in it. And uh, it has Egyptians. and has Moses. And Moses, well, Mo Howard, he's a, he's a Moses. So you can imagine it's a Three Stooges kind of themed things, and they were Jewish. So it could have been the ancestors of, who knows? What if Mo Howard is a direct descendant of Moses? And that's the way, you know, follow me into the desert, that kind of thing, you know? Spread out. That's what he said to his people. Spread out. You know, make your nations and something. Um, and then, oh, and Larry is the Pharaoh, maybe. I'm warning you, Mo. You know, you can't let your people go. Oh, I'm going, who is Shemp? Then, in the whole story, let's get back to that in a minute. And I will let you know about that, because many people want to know about some of the things that I've discovered through my research. And as you know, the people that listen to this show, that I do quite a bit of research into the mysteries of the world, into the known universe, and I like to go beyond the known universe into the unknowable universe, because everything is uh, up for grabs there. If it's unknowable, even, you can't say I'm wrong because I'm, I could be right. Isn't that wonderful? And if there are an infinite amount of universes, then I'm saying things that are correct oh, across the whole spectrum, just not in any specific one. And I love that. Listen, are there wrong ways to do things? You'll never know. I think that's something that can't ever be really, really be judged. Right and wrong or micro. Really, over the course of time, who knows? It stops, uh, it stops being pertinent after a certain duration, right or wrong. What are you talking about? I'm not really talking about morality. Maybe I'm talking about efficiency, too. And I've talked about this before. But uh, the best way to do things is not always the best way to do things. It's just maybe the best thing, way to do it at the time. So you are not listening to the best of all possible Radio shows or even entertainment or information means this is just the best you can do. And so why isn't it still the best? You know, comparing things, oh, my word. You go down that uh, 
Why do they say comparing things is a rabbit hole? Because it's like putting two mirrors in front of one another. You have an inf infinity mirror and you open up infinite possibilities. And that's what I do every time that I turn on this microphone. I try to open a door to infinite possibilities. Who knows what I will think or speak or say? And that's frightening because it could be wrong or hurtful. And so I must prepare myself when I go into this place that I, I'll, there'll be something on it like a governor. What's a governor? They take a tiny little politician sometimes and they'll put it in a truck speedometer. And uh, I remember they did this with Bob Martinez of Florida years ago. And they stuck him in a truck. And if you try to go over a certain limit, uh, he'll go, you're, you're not going anywhere. Because the governors are real spiteful. And they don't want you to get there. You know, I'm going to slow you down. Because a lot of times the uh, governors are working against your interest because they have to let you know who's boss. Because you're boss. And then that's who you pay tribute to. So it's very complicated. But people understand on a state level, you, you know, who do I pay my bribes to? So they have to be oh, right here, mister. So it's the person that usually has their, uh, you know, the, a match to your house is usually the person that you have to pay. And that's the clearer the better, I guess. So it's beautiful. So that's why they put the, the little governor. If they were to put a senator, nothing get done on your speedometer. Oh, there's, a, I don't know, can I go 60 miles an hour? I don't know, well, we'll see. Yeah, no, yeah, no. So there you go. And... Uh, there's all sorts of things you can go through. They tried all sorts of professions to stick them, to make them tiny and then put them in your car. All sorts of things. We could put an anesthesiologist in your air conditioning vent. But, and so I don't, want, I don't need to go to sleep while I'm driving. That's not why he's there. So he's there really to monitor more than anything else. The actual anesthesiologist isn't even going to be present for your surgery. That's, that's his nephew. They don't even, they don't, they just supervise. They come to speak to you before you go under and they go, okay, do you have any, are you allergic to anything I'm going to give you? Well, I don't know what I'm going to give you. Okay, I'm not going to do the actual anything. I'm going golfing. Here's my nephew. <laughs> you're going to be all right. So a lot of professions work that way. A lot of times the person you're meeting with is not going to be the person who actually dry cleans your clothes. You're meeting just, a, you know, somebody's the front office. I realized that I, I took me a long time to figure out that the the server, the wait person, is not making your food. I thought they'd run back there and they were making it, because that's the way it's done when I visited people's houses. Come out and take your order. A lot of times you go for dinner, they'll go, "Oh, we're just having one thing," and I'm like, "Oh, can I? Is there? Is it? Is it bad to?" Ask for a choice. I know you said, come over, we're having this, that, and the other thing. Would it be too much trouble to have to make two things, and then I'll choose when I get there? And they go, well, what if you don't eat the other one? You can, we can donate that or something, I'm sure. Somebody, it'll, it'll go to some use. I see, what I see people now is putting things in acrylic, or whatever you call that, lucite. You can set it in a block of clear resin, and then use it for a paperweight or something. I can't even imagine the detritus we'll find in the future of our wonderful aesthetic missteps of, of the present. Isn't it? It'd be great. What is this thing? Oh, horrifying. What do you do with it? I don't know. Is it a lamp? Do you put it in you? It's not clear. It isn't. It's not. And uh, there's going to be all sorts of items that are baffling to future anthropologists. Or should I say, um, the robots that are going through all our garbage and remains. They go, what was this? I'll talk like that on purpose. I bet they do that. We don't have to talk like this. We do it to, to annoy you. All right. Because they can talk. We already know they can talk normal-ish. A lot of people like their robots to have an accent, which I think is interesting, I think. So, you go, oh, I want some, I want my, you know, well, like a Yinzer robot or something, or a, that's that's pretty specific. You know, yeah, the guy sound like they're from Pittsburgh, or I want oh yeah, like there's a specific like Baltimore thing, and I want my I want my Siri to sound like that, or Philadelphia. 
I want. I can't even do it. So, but, but, but a machine would be able to. Machines can do a lot of things that people can't do. Laundry, dishes, toast. I'm just going through a couple now. Now, um, gosh, whatever. I mean, are they machines, though? Is an oven a machine? I don't, does it have to move around? My oven moves around because otherwise it gets bored. It's got, oh, my oven's like, oh, I got Jimmy legs. Do you mind if I just, I go, that's fine. You're baking a pie. I don't care what you do. When you're doing the souffle, I'd like you to sit as still as possible. But anything else that's in there, man, yeah, walk around, you know, do something. Go look at a movie. Go downstairs. So that's nice. And, it, and, and all should, they should all be. I think it's a, it's a sign of our cruelty as humans that when we make machines, we don't make them, don't give them locomotive skills, right, or, or abilities. Right, you know, you're staying put. And some things like washing machines not having it. It's like, no, I'm taking off. I'm going to go for a little water walk. Because it can. And I let it. I let it. We have a... a, a cord a power cord that looks like one of those dog leashes that doesn't do any good you know the people that have their 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 dog on on a on a big construction tape measure and they go come on don't and they yell and it just keeps going into the traffic i'm not sure what that's for you know um it helps me find my dog's remains you know just keep pulling on it there it is it's under this car I guess maybe there's a, I imagine there's some kind of button on it that stops it from to keep going. But, um, leash, oh, what, what size should a leash be then, you're telling me? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have to use them often uh, for my dogs. I just let them run around the backyard. And, and um, also one of them is just so lame. So I don't, that's not an issue. And he loves it. He's like, I'm, I'm pretending to be crippled because I don't want anything around my neck. I go, you're pretty smart. That's smart. Hounds are smart. Um, and I don't, I don't actually use the neck. I, I, mine go around the, their little chest because uh, I've, I've used to have an older dogs that have arthritis and anything, and you don't want to put people too. Say, so, you know, if your granny comes to you and she goes, can I borrow a choker? And I go, no, granny. You shouldn't never put anything like that tight around your neck at your age. You need, uh, and also loose collars. I go around um, to older priests and I'll smack them on the back of the head and I'm going, what are you doing to your throat? Like that. Because you need a little more. It's the older you get, you shouldn't have anything around your neck like that. And older employees shouldn't have to wear ties or anything like that. You just need, and looser everything. I'm going to start doing looser everything. It gets challenging as you gain weight, but it's possible. You know, there's a when I was growing up, um, they loved to teach children about extremes. You know, here's the world's tallest man, here's the world's fattest man, and the 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 biggest one, the one that was uh, epically morbidly obese. They say they buried him in a. It was actually a coffin the size of a piano case. But they got rid of that part, and just now it's a piano case. This always baffled me because I have a piano, and it did not come with the case. But I'm thinking back, I don't think my Strat came with a case. I think that's something I had to buy later. So I don't think that came with a case. I'm going to look into that. I'd love to get a case. You know, a case for a baby grand, though, people make you go to gigs. There's cases for stand-up, big stand-up doghouse bases. I've seen people show up like that and go, oh, lucky you, you know. It's funny. Is it worth it to play the, the old-timey 20s jazz or something? You got to bring out that damn thing. It's a, You know what would be hell? It's like you show up, show up to this gig with your large bass, this giant thing, and then the, like the, your lead guy is on tiny, tiny harmonica. And one of those... Um, microphones that makes everything sound nasty and that's all he brings and you got to bring this big this big old thing and and like some relatives also you have to bring with you and some of them two of them are deceased so it's just big coffins you have to drag who would want to do that uh and, and drummers i guess have to go through this 
So, yeah, I get, I'm a drummer. That's not too bad. Yeah, I believe there's big Japanese things that, you know, you, that are the size of a house and you hit them with hammers. Oh, yeah, man. Didn't you bring those to a gig? I knew a f uh, fellow who kept trying to bring an organ. It was incredible. He'd be, do these gigs with this, like, that living room kind of organ. And they'd go, what are you doing? It weighs like a 1,000 pounds. It's not worth it. Don't they have... Synthesize and this was in the age of synthesizers. It's not, you know, I can see recording. Don't bring it to a show. My goodness. You know? I even tell like if I'm playing with the flautist, I go, don't bring the big flute. Don't bring the real big one. Everybody said, Don't bring the big anything when we're coming to play. Well, I don't know, but we got, you know, I'm gonna bring the bass uh the bass sax or the bar big baritone, what's bigger than a baritone sax? Mega baritone or something. They've got, if you think there's a big instrument, there's a mega size of it. I've seen that. We have to stand on a, you stand on a, uh, a car to play a certain size um, bass clarinet, right? And then it plays a, a, a B flat below anything that any human can hear and what happens is that you start hearing from geologists and everything and they go you're not playing that big a big old clarinet are you yes i am i'm sorry well you you've fractured something in the earth with it blah, 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 blah. there's a wave just starting now it's so deep i got this bass note out i don't even know if it's gotten here yet I made a bass note that was so deep in the 90s that I don't even think it's arrived yet. It's still building. It's, oh, it's going to be huge. And you're, whoa, and you're going to feel it. It was nice. It was part, it was in context. It was part of a larger, really fun groove, deep groove. But that bass note will be here soon. I wonder if there's music that's going to come to us from the aliens or anything. I wonder, I know that one movie dealt with that and what they delivered was more like a ringtone or something like that or a bum 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 that's okay bum 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 i think it was the you know this is what our computers sound like when they start up bum 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 but it'd be nice to have a whole piece that y'all sing or whatever and we could throw one together i think if i were going to send what would i send aliens as far as classical music Something really over the top, something sad, it's Brahmsy. Some Brahms is crying and and vomiting grief and hitting the piano really, just hitting like a G minor with his soul or something. Send that out in the universe. We won't hear back from them. Well, you people, you're a bit much. A little dramatic, aren't you? Yes, we are. We feel things here on planet Earth. Oh, my goodness, you should see our holidays. Easter, Passover. One's all eggs and bruises, and the other one is all flatbread and, and uh, what? I don't know. Breaking free. Breaking free or what? The thing that was to another possibly terrible situation. I don't know. Moving on. Moving on. It was a, that was a TV show when I was... I was young. I'm not free associating. I was getting to moving on. The whole, first of all, I'd like you to look, and the, the title of the show is Moving On. So obviously, it's been building up to that. <laughs> and I believe it was about a trucker who had a tiny little governor with him, a little miniature. And um, it depends on who it is. It could be somebody awful like Wallace. Um, but maybe it was somebody, it was like a, a cool governor. I'm trying to think of who would be a cool governor. Oh, there used to be one some, at some point. I'm sure there was. Oh, I, uh, <clears throat> I met Bob Graham of Florida one time. He said, hi. I said, hi, governor. And he said, hi. Like that. That was it, though. I know he didn't, um, he used to ask people questions about themselves. And then he would write his whole day down in a journal, like who he talked to and what they talked about. He did this every day. This is true. And he was amazing that way. So he would remember the smallest conversation. I mean, this, this, uh, he wanted to network like every individual on earth or something. 
So he would do this to keep track of who he talked to, what he talked about, and he could go and reference old conversations uh, that he'd had in the past. And that's pretty remarkable. It's almost like he intended to to remember to do something about it, because a lot of times you talk to a politician, they go, yes, of course I remember you. Tell me who you are again. But uh, he really did. So that's interesting. I'm not saying anybody's good or bad. Who knows? This is not an endorsement of, of, uh, of a 90-some-year-old former governor. <laughs> I'm, sure he's very, I'm sure he's a fine man. I'm just saying what my memory is of it, because why am I obligated to tell you my memory? Well, I'm not, but I feel like um, I should, because what if I have something um, that everybody needs that I've forgotten to pass on? It's like if you checked a book out of the library. Now, libraries might, that's, oh, that's an interesting thing right there. So a lot of people are against libraries because libraries have books in them that they don't like. And so that's not an idea that's universally accepted. So the idea that libraries are good or there should be a place to go get books or, or knowledge is one that some people are very much against. And there are people in the world and around us and neighbors who would like to, to destroy things like that if, if there's something in it that they don't want, you know, particularly. And there was a library in Alexandria like that. And there was ones, all oh, it happens all the time. People like burning up old scrolls and things like that because... That way, you can get rid of ideas. You can actually wipe ideas off the face of the earth because if you, if you know, they're the really only eternal thing. You know, it's one thing to kill people. You get them out of the way, and no longer their hardy white is not speaking that garbage anymore. But the idea, if it lives somewhere, if it endures, like in my radio show or in a book or something like that, it could get into another head. So it's very dangerous. All these ideas and everything. Traditions, culture, they're all very dangerous, you see, to some people because they, uh, for whatever reason, are, are uh, threatened uh, by others who they can't control, and that makes them nervous. So I have lived among others who I can't control a long time, so I'm very comfortable with it, and most of them don't hurt me, so I'm figuring out that, you know, if I, if I, uh, if I love and feel uh, joy and love and, and compassion in my heart, eh, it makes things a little easier on me. Every time I sit down to do the show, what if I was to get an email that says, you scum, you bitch, guy, that would rattle me and I couldn't do a good show. I have to make sure all my relationships are good, that I've, I'm, uh, I've talked things through with friends, that um, I've worked things out, you know, that I'm, I'm actively uh, engaged and I'm not hiding from any dark feelings and I'm not hiding from any resentment. See, because you can't run from yourself. And if you're on the radio like that and I open my mouth, all these things in my head are going to flood out. Oh, I am opening all the doors and windows of my mind palace to sort of air it out. And I got to be careful what's in there. So I got to know where things are. Now, I'm not saying I don't think have things locked in the basement. No windows in the basement. And that door is locked, yes. But in the upper levels of the house, I want to make sure that it is showcase ready. I want you to come in like I'm having an open house. Hey, I am literally selling the contents. Well, not selling, I'm giving them away. It's like an estate sale, but it's free. You can walk right in. You can take things right off the shelf of my mind palace. Walk into a room, go up to a bookshelf, grab something that represents an idea. What's that idea? Oh, I don't know. Facing things, having the courage uh, to look at your own uh, faults, to... Uh, uh, eschew uh, the need to self-punish or, or create resentment in others as the source of your self-punishment, all that kind of thing. That's all in there. What if you took it and went on and did something to it? And, uh, you know, I remember even when I was a child, people coming to you, you'd say something to them, and they'd come to you maybe a couple of days later and say, my pastor says you're the devil. <laughs> Why? What did I, what did I, what did I say? You know, you said, you said something about Jesus Christ Superstar. Well, I may have, because um, 
I might have said, what's the buzz? Tell me what's happening or something. I didn't know that was, that was sacrilegious. Then you said something about Easter colors being a bruise. I might have said that. But I don't know if I said that or not. Oh, my goodness. I'm a gentle soul. I'm, uh, and I know that's not, you know, fashionable to be, to be a gentle soul. So does that make you vulnerable? Yes, but you're secretly strong, right? No, no, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I know that a lot of people like to let people know if they're a threat, say, you know, don't come messing with me. Yeah, that's the thing. You come messing with me, you're all they're destroyed. That's a lot. That's, you know, that's a, that's a lot to walk around with, you know, is, is, is to feel like that. And so I was like, oh, my goodness. I don't think I'm very strong or I think I'm quite vulnerable. I think I'm uh, wounded in all these ways. And so I looked at that and I looked at it hard and I thought, am I different or am I lesser than other people? Or, you know, and it turns out that I don't think I am any different. That's what I don't want to tell everybody because um, I think they're not being completely honest. And another thing is that um, I don't think it's necessarily bad that I can, I can love myself and say, yes, things can hurt me or I can be shook by something or I can be angered by something that's a threat. So, you know, it's funny to some, they'll make you a threat against you and then they'll think it's funny if you're uh, upset by it. And I don't think that. And so, um, but you have to say, well, what do I, what do, I do with that? You know, am I? I've, I've been made to feel lesser or vulnerable or everything. And then, you know, my secret is like, ha-ha. I realize they were all coming from there. It's that people who don't face it get dangerous. They get very dangerous because they're scared and they don't know they're scared. They just think they're mean or I don't know what they think. But they become a menace. So then you got to figure out, like, well, how do I navigate all this? And I, I came to realize that um, all you have to do is I can face the reality in my mind and then uh, nobody has to really know what I'm thinking. And then that's nobody's business. And then I'll just be outwardly confounding so people won't know. It's like a kind of camouflage. Is he dangerous or is he meek? Oh, you'll never know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I treat all humans like that. They're all equally dangerous and equally vulnerable. And at some time of their life, if it's not true at the moment, it will be. You know, can you imagine that? Can you imagine, say, like, uh, I do a lot of time traveling to go to an old folks home and see your bully. And you go, I'm just going to, I'm thinking about wiping the drool off of my, my bully. And maybe spooning him some insure. You know, and the whole world's a little different now. And perhaps that uh, still the irony of his vulnerability now will never sink in. And I just think it's nicer to have clearer vision like that. You know, to face the fear. Say, oh, yes, it is. It is scary. How do I live in that? Well, I won't diminish myself. That's for sure. I'm going to be for me, not in a way that's against others. You can be for yourself and not against other people. You can love yourself and not be uh, selfish. In fact, people that have, you know, when, and we recognize that. That person seems uh, stable or most like they, they understand themselves. Sometimes it's delusion, but sometimes it's genuine self-acceptance. But we recognize it as a good thing often, and that people that don't have it, Sometimes they're are dangerous. There's nothing worse than an animal that's very confused or uh, feels threatened like that. So do people feel threatened around me? No, because they don't notice me, first of all. So there's that. And do I try to be unnoticed? Probably not. I think it's just something that is beautifully naturally happens. Uh, but also, I don't try to be noticed. Well, why are you on the radio? Touche. Contradiction, another one. And uh, my friend Walt Whitman, who I used to have a beard like him, and then it was everybody. I had one of those Walt Whitman beards. 
and had it for a long time. I started growing it. When did I start growing it? 90s, I think. And then by early 2000s, it was in solid. And then I was like, man, this is great. Nobody is, this will never be the fashion. No one ever, but, and then all of a sudden, I, these, all these people are having big white beards, like Michael Stipe or something. I said, how did that happen? And, uh, and I thought, oh my goodness. So then I, sh I, uh, I cut my beard so that it would look like uh, an ancient Assyrian with just a long wrap. No, I didn't do that. When did I? I, I grow it back occasionally. It grows back on its own. But I like now I like to trim it so I look like a, a shiftless member of the royal family, like Prince Michael or something. I love that, you know. Is, is, would it be all right if we remain here? No. No, no, and not do nothing. But that's why I like to look like that, though. You know. Um, would you mind terribly if we stayed upon your yacht? No, no, you can't. You can't stay upon it. My goodness. Um... I wouldn't mind hanging out with like some kind of disgraced royalty. Not disgraced for doing something bad or victimizing. Just like for being shiftless. That's, that's not a terrible thing. Because, I mean, if you were born into that kind of privilege, let's say if you were like a prince or a, something like that, you'd be like, eh, I don't want to try to parlay this into... I think you'd have to be prodded into doing something that was uncomfortable, don't you think? I don't know. We might, we're trying to make it into a character thing. A people of good character would go and work regardless. I don't know if they would. I don't know. Because the people that are working hard always think, I wish I was royalty. So I don't know. Could you imagine you're working hard and uh, you're working in a factory and something, oh man, I wish I was royalty. And then I mean, you get your wish and then like the rest of the royalty are going like, you need a job. And you go, I just had a job. So it's tough. And I don't have anything figured out. I do know, I've, because I grew up a lot of old people, I got the, maybe I have the end I've got a little better than the middle. I had the end figured out. I've watched people grow old and die. That looks pretty easy. I mean, not easy, like it's hard. Not the dying, though. It's just you don't even have to do anything. It's like growing a beard. So, but uh, the middle part, I have had no clue. And uh, the previous couple decades, very confusing. Very confusing to me. And I don't know if anybody figures things out or anything. I have my fortunes come and go. Sometimes good things happen. Sometimes bad things happen. Um, sometimes I have enough money. Sometimes it, it feels sickening. You know, everybody has that. Um, gosh, you know? And then I just think it does that until it doesn't. So I, I want to, when we do have time to get, I want to make the most of it. I want it to be transformative. I want you to be able to have some experience where something opens up and maybe uh, life gets a little more exciting or a little more, uh, uh, what's the word I want? Interesting. You know, well, this is interesting. You see a little more, a little more details. Now, I'm not going to say you're going to get anywhere, arrive at any conclusion, but would you like to see more details? Would you like to go in and zoom in on it and see the wonderful unseen world? And like I said, it's not going to make you any wiser necessarily. It's not going to get you any closer towards an answer because I don't think there is one, but there's more to see. Oh, there's so much more to see. There's more to wonder about. You say, how could having more questions satisfy my need for answers? I don't think your need is for answers. Your need is to see. Your need is to see. that. If I told you the answer, we use it inter interchangeably with the expression, the big picture. So I want the answers. I want the big picture. The big picture is not an answer. The big picture is a picture. What was the question? Gertrude Stein. The question's Gertrude Stein? I beg your pardon. Gertrude Stein? You see the difference? So if you're, if you're teaching English, we go up. And then if it's a little baby doing it, they go. I could do my whole show in baby babble. That would be very, very 
what something you go oh no i'm gonna be irritating some people like irritation right don't they don't they don't people pay to have a gravel rubbed into their skin no oh well i thought they did i thought there are all sorts of weird things that people paid to have done to them i would you know what i would never pay to have done is to try on hats in a high-end hat shop i did that once and it was absolutely horrible i was made to feel stupid and poor and I understand where they were coming from because they had a big sign that said, no stupid or poor. Because, you know, like you don't know how much hats really are. It's just the luxury stuff like that. Like high-end high end perfume is the same way. You go, oh, I love this. How much is it? And they'll go like $600. And you go, oh, you are excrementing me. Really? In the same way with hats. You go, I like this hat. Let's get it. And so that's $890. And you go, oh, anger. No way. Well, I'm, first of all, I'm impressed with my taste. Second of all, this is a class thing because even if I could scrape that together as a percentage of my worth and income, it's colossal. So that's the, that's the difference is there's people that can throw it like it's nothing. And uh, we live right alongside of them. Isn't that wonderful? And, and yet you're not allowed to reach in their pockets and take their like, extra change. You should be able to do that. That's the relationship my dogs have with, with food and me. That's the understanding is if it goes on the floor, it's theirs. So, I mean, because I have enough. And it really is a lot of times, um, you know, very greedy of me when I eat the last little crumb off my plate when my dogs are there and they would really, really like it. And I know that it will kill them. That's the thing. That's the other thing, though. It's like, you know, please, I need a drink. That's the way the dogs are with food. Oh, I need food. No, you don't. It's kind of, it's bad for you. I need it, I swear. Oh, God. So you don't know if you're helping them or whether you're hurting them. It's hard to evaluate. I like to strike some mix in the middle, right? You know, because you don't want to, I'm not everybody's parent. I'm not there to, to tell other creatures what's good or bad for them. I don't know how attached they are to life. And so I don't want to be scolding. Well, on the other hand, I don't want to be able to contribute to their demise or their, you know, uh, suffering. So I don't know what to do. So sometimes I'll try to, I'll give the dogs a piece of carrot, which I feel like is a compromise. And so what I'm giving to you, my friend, is something like celery with the strings removed so even it has even less of a uh, fiber of a digestive cleansing effect it's just watery a watery veg that's what I want to be to you and maybe there is some vitamins in it I'm sure there is but like most southern people I cook all the vitamins out of everything I cook them out and I replace them with with pork fat so, oh, I'm going to get the, you ever go to one of those meat and couple veg places in the south and you go, I'm going to just get the veggie platter. <laughs> you will have more fat, more animal fat per calorie than if you got the, if you just got the chicken. Because it's like that. You say, what's in the greens? Oh, a whole half a pig and Coca-Cola and uh, God knows what else. It's in there. Beautiful. What do the string beans have in them? A whole ham sandwich. They have. I've seen string beans and with a Cuban sandwich in it. Mm-hmm. Or uh, uh, um, floating in some greens. I've seen a whole hog's head. Looking up the with the eyes are still moving. Like, oh, have vegetables, vegetarian platter like that. That's the South. I'm sure the North is like that, too. They have, you know, meat floating and things. Maybe, could you imagine, what if, what if it was somebody's tradition to put, like, meat in fruit salad? And you say, oh, I'll just get the fruit salad. And you go, it's got bacon in it. You go, really? In the fruit salad? Mm-hmm. The, we, it's impossible to get the, can I get the melon uh, fruit cup without the shrimp? Oh, I don't know. It's marinated in the shrimp. Okay, well, all right then. I guess not. But I hope that I'm not, I haven't tainted your food with some sort of dead sea bug. I hope there's not 
What is that unusual flavor? Dried shrimp chips. Oh, that's an animal. Is it though? I thought it was from a plant. There's plants that now they have that have found out that they, um, they taste like meat. And there's a plant they found and it walks around too, which is interesting. It walks around and makes a sound and it tastes like meat. And so that's interesting. And, uh, and, there, and, that, and that's an alternative now. You can eat whatever. Gosh, I'm not telling you what to eat. I would if you came to my house. Well, I would just tell you what not to eat. I'd say, that's not food, that's poison, or something like that. Or uh, mostly it's not poisons, mostly that's, that's old. <laughs> I got to tell you, that's kind of old, so maybe you ought to do something. We should order out. And my, I've become my mother and my, my grandmother like that. My grandmother was a great collector of antique cans with the food still in them. She didn't know that's what she was doing. And I realize now just how fast time passes. So, you know, you, you say, I'm going to stock up. I'm going to get some of those cream soups. I don't really ever have them. Let's say, you know, they're like the, the, the Campbell's cream of uh, celery or cream of mushroom. I'm going to get those in case I'm stuck and I got to make like a casserole or something. So I'll buy a bunch of them. Um, I'm never going to have them as soup. Everyone never sits there and go, God, I could use some cream of celery. But it goes in stuff, and that's the American way. So I bought a bunch of those. You put them in the cabinet, and a year goes by, 10 years goes by, 20 years goes by, and the, the damn Campbells won't change their labels, so you don't know it's dated. I was just looking at the box of Manischewitz and uh, uh, matzah, and it's like, here's the Manischewitz boxes over the decades. And you go, oh, crap, that one from the 80s, I think they still have at Kroger. Because I think they keep putting it back. So, like, thanks for changing the boxes. Because now I know, like, what what the heck is that 80s Manischewitz matzo box doing at Kroger? It's not the new one. So, therefore, uh, it's good to change the label. Now, when they don't, you have this pantry full of suddenly, you know, antique soup. And um, so I'm all for updating packaging. And it really is necessary i have some brands that don't what is this quake cereal stuff like that what is some passe cereal brands let's name them because there's a, a lot of people in their late 50s who want to hear cereals they ate when they were five i love that name some more hardy whoa what about that one that was real sugary yeah we all ate that one wasn't it great oh kids today don't know i guess they do but i don't they don't have as many ads like that see we're, we're watching the tv i'll just explain to young people to watch a cartoon i had to watch it's like when you get something free on streaming you know you got to watch these ads first and um they were shamelessly directed to children you know hey kids don't you want one of these you know and you're five you're five years old and 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 the magic television and your car and cartoons are going don't you want to eat this yeah i do you know how do i get one it's really horrible and you shouldn't be allowed to do it i don't think you know you don't people can't come over to your house is the child of the house in uh yeah i'll get him hang on little hardy yeah, who is it? It's a person here. Yeah, hello, little child. Do you like candy and cereal? You know, and then they start, oh, go get mom's money. So I think it's kind of horrible. Um, and then you bother your parents for it. You know, i got to have this toy. If I don't have that toy, then the people won't like me at school. I have to have it. I have to have a certain thing. Are you old enough to, I love when, uh, there used to be this thing, I'm not, I don't know why I'm laughing, it's absolutely horrible. If you're a certain age, there's a probability that an older brother, older cousin gave you their G.I. Joe as they were going off to Vietnam. Because they were like 18 or 19. And you, go, you know, you're going to have my G.I. Joe, I'm going to go do the real thing. Isn't that horrifying? I realize how horrifying that is now, looking back, so, uh, but, you know, I'm still that, that still happens, I'm sure. You know, here's my video game where we're, I'm going to have to go shoot people in real life. But that guy was a draft that was a little different, I guess. Um, I'm not trying to politically comment. Uh, my comment is, everybody's sick. <laughs> Y'all sick and violent. 
<laughs> That's my real comment. I don't have to get politically nuanced because I think it's all aberrant behavior, the cruelty and the war and the killing and all the authoritarian. I think it's all horrible. I don't, I don't see the uh, reason for any of it. I might see the reason for it. I don't see the justification for it is not there. And so uh, I don't ever go into specifics because I think it goes without, uh, it, it, without saying that um, I think all that's awful. And uh, I, I do believe we're all, we're all vulnerable creatures. And I don't believe in any kind of hierarchy or anything like that. And uh, all human beings deserve the same amount of dignity. And there's still lots of us who believe this. And the uh, people that believe otherwise have been there a long time, eating away at us, and we're still here. So you can be kind and uh, compassionate and joyful, and you can survive, or we wouldn't be here. There's people that have thought like this for a long time. So, uh, you know, it hurts, and uh, numbers get diminished, but, um, you know, the a big heart and kindness and and understanding that all uh, human beings and all creatures are, are feeling things and, and uh, are suffering to some extent, then, you know, that's uh, seeing the world as clearly as you can possibly see it and uh, striving uh, to find ways of mitigating all that so that we can um, feel less uh, awful. That's what I'm headed towards. And it's easy to make people feel worse. It's just to wreck things takes two seconds to wreck a thing, and it takes a long time to build it. Just remember that. Tear something down. Relationship. You build it, you build it, you build it. How long does it take to ruin it? You can ruin it instantly. You know? You can destroy anything. Destroying is is the, it's like, what's the easiest thing to play? A gazoo. It's the gazoo of instruments. Man, it's no violin. It's no piano. Try to play something complicated. Try to create, you know, it's easy to wreck stuff, and uh, it's the it's the highest level of a, of achievement to uh, to build and to create and to sustain something that's wonderful. Oh, I hope that your heart's a little bit lifted today. I hope you don't mind hearing just a person talk like that. I hope I didn't uh, bore you or confuse you too much. I want to be. A friend to you, an, an anonymous, strange friend who you're discouraged from contacting, but a friend nonetheless. And I think that it's wonderful to have another voice in your head, too, maybe to talk to you, say, to the Hardy in your head. You say, what, what should we do, Hardy? And Hardy goes, well, I don't know. Let's, uh, let's uh, uh, try to, uh, by then you will have thought of something. So that's a good thing. I'd love to have those conversations with you. And I'm sorry that the hardy in your head is not more clever and doesn't say things uh, in more quickly and uh, in a productive way. Oh, this brings us to the end of our hour together. You have been listening to Miracle Nutrition, is what I'm calling it, uh, with Hardy White on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. 91.9 in Rockland County and New York City, New York, which is wonderful. And online at WFMU.org, worldwide free form radio, the way that we free the form. And you, listener supported, are amazing to me. Hello. So uh, uh, once again, I have been uh, blessed enough to be with you. I'm now sending out a blessing. I'm going to do the... Uh, the Mr. Spock rabbinical blessing. He's doing it. He does the, I guess it's for Vulcan or anything more. It looks like a W. The Vulcans actually say Vulcan or Wolf. This is a, I am a Vulcan. So the Vulcan thing is actually the rabbinic. It's the, the, the shin and El Shaddai. So I'm helping up the, I'm holding my hands up like that to bless you. I say, bless you now. I'm putting some energy on you. I want the energy of, of, of wonderful uh, joy and lightness and healing. I want your soul to be light. Oh, if your body is wearing you down, I want you to be able to have a spirit inside of you that is transcendent, that can uh, deliver you from any uh, physical 
things that were uh, defeat you. And I hope your spirit is renewed and that you feel hopeful and that you can uh, conquer what you need to and that you have support and love and that you're able to give support and love. Thank you so much for joining me and I'll see you again next week. Twins name was Ebony. Name was mahogany. Twins name was Ebony.